0: Okay, everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Daily Groomer podcast. I'm here with Mary Oquendo here. Um, Mary, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Perfect, so as you know, I mean, this is the very first episode of the Daily Groomer podcast and I had to pick a rock star to uh, start us off here. So uh, I'm so grateful that you're here. What I wanna do really just for the audience is um, you know, there's probably lots of people out there that know who you are, but maybe not, not people that know where you came from, you know, the background that brought you to this point, And then maybe what you see as the, uh, you know, what, what you're doing right now, I'll give you a chance to share about that as well. But I just want to start with the background. Tell us a little bit about who you are, Mary, where you're at, um, what you're doing right now.
1: All right. So I was a stay at home mom and when my youngest was about 15, 16, Um, like many teenage, she was my third teenage daughter. So by the time she rolled around with her shenanigans, I was kind of done. Okay. Okay. So there was a help wanted sign at at Petco. I was at Petco picking up dog food and I saw, and I was just so done and I just filled out the application and I started the next day. Okay.
0: Quick turnaround Uh, there.
1: Yeah, it was what I realized later on was that that help wanted sign was they could have painted that on the side of the building. Okay. And I don't think I was there more than two weeks when the assistant store manager comes running in and she points at me and she goes, grooming school starts tomorrow. Yes or no? What was I going to say? I said, yes. (laughs)
0: So you were there for two weeks already working, and then you went to grooming school?
1: Yeah, I started off as a bather.
0: Okay, okay. So two weeks as a bather. And, and tell, tell us about that, because you had never done that before, presumably, I right? Never,
1: well, I mean, I've always had dogs. I've given dogs a bath in the tub. And there was a groomer there who sort of like, you know, guided me along, told me what it is I needed to do. Um, at that time, it was really pretty easy. Put the dog in the tub and give the dog a bath and put it in the cage to dry. That was kind of it at that time. Um, we've come so far as, as an industry to now, if, if I was like going to hire a bather or something like that, I would make sure they knew all about skin and coat and make sure they're using the right shampoo and conditioner. You know, it's much more involved today than it was 20 plus years ago.
0: Sure, sure. And and they just kind of threw you in the ring. So it
1: just just threw me in. And one of the things I will say about this industry and why I, I'm so passionate about seeing it improve is that I can remember going to my very first trade show. It was at Groom Expo. Um, and there was there might have been Instagram, I forget which, so long ago. But anyway, I took a class with Sue Zecco, and um, I remember seeing her in the hallway and Sue's echo already at that time was a, like an icon. And, and I very nervously went up to her and I asked her a question and she was just so, she she was so nice. That's the only word I could use. She was so nice. She was like, come walk with me. Um, I'll explain. And, and it was amazing. And then I had another, I mean, she, I also blame Sue for this too. Because she gave me the courage to talk to somebody else. And that person like just literally shut me down, basically told me that if I was paying attention in class, I would know the answer to that question. So and Sue was-
0: set you up thinking that everyone was this beam, this ball of sunshine.
1: Yes. But I'm glad I had conversation with Sue first. Rather than the other way around,
0: because right, that, oh yeah, that would have uh, maybe been a big turnoff to the industry.
1: It would have maybe been a big turnoff. So I'm always grateful to Sue, and and over the years, Sue has been amazing, as far as helping the next, helping me personally, um, and helping other groomers be be all they can be.
0: Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. So I want to step back because even before you met Sue, so you you signed up at the Petco. And in within two weeks, you went from bather to grooming school. Did you know, you know, while you were a bather, that grooming was kind of that next goal, let's call it, that you wanted to go no, towards? Or was it I'm just not, something they brought you up to?
1: I'm not sure because I was only there two weeks. <laughs> you know, so I didn't have that really good feel. Is this kind of what I want to do for the rest of my life is like washed right. off? All right. Um, well, then tell cool. us
0: about grooming school a little bit. I mean, what was that like from what you can remember?
1: Uh, oh, I've met some wonderful people through the grooming school. So, I had to go to another uh, petco which was about uh with no traffic about hour and a half, hour and a half away.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So, and I I met again the woman who was who was running the class at the time was Terry Tomlinson who is a um she's in the poodle world. So she breeds and shows standard poodles. And um, I was then paired with a groomer um, to do like do like an apprenticeship with, who I'm still friends with, by the way, to this day. We actually co-teach Pet First Aid together.
0: Oh, my gosh. No way. So
1: it's that, that grooming school, I made a lot of friends, um, friends who are friends today, tw- wow. 20 plus years later. So the, I, I find the industry to be, um, I mean, yeah, there's there could be some like mean girl stuff go on, but for the most part, it's just, you know, it's a very friendly industry.
0: Sure. sure. And, and that original grooming school, I mean, obviously you said that was 20 some odd years ago, and yet you still found so much value, value from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you've seen grooming schools now. How do you think that they've changed?
1: Oh, I, I think they've changed. Uh, a great deal. I cannot speak for what PECO does anymore because it's been too many years since uh, since I've worked there. But there's also a lot of schools that are popping up now. And again, the focus, the focus is different. Okay. So there's more focus like on skin and coat, none of which I knew anything about when I first right. started. That it seems like, like it's thing. like an
0: art now to to really understand, you know, the different types of shampoos and stuff like that you would use for varying skins and coats and all that sort of jazz.
1: You know, and I was talking to a friend the other day about um, how far the industry has come as far as education is concerned. So, the fact that groomers today are—I mean, we still have our ways of that—that—that that, that we do things, but now we're arguing via science on it. So you have groomers throwing scientific papers at each other, which I think is amazing. Right.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's progressed so far then from what you're telling us from before. You know, you get put next to a tub and given a thing of shampoo and said, go. Now it's, you know, hey, did you read that scientific paper before you sat down?
1: Yeah. And so like the shampoos I had a choice of when I first started was was a basic everyday shampoo. There was a flea shampoo and then there was an upsell shampoo. Those are my those were my only choices.
0: And right now you would say that there's what? Hundreds oh, of choices.
1: There's, a thousand. there's thousands of combinations that you could do.
0: And so then let's let's dive into that a little bit. I mean, how if you were starting right now as a bather, how would you learn, you know, which one If ones I to was start?
1: starting off today, there's okay, there's a couple of programs that I would seek out. Okay. And there's there's two Bather, what they call like Bather Brusher type classes. All right. One is taught by Terry DiMarino, and you can generally take that at almost any Barclay trade show. Okay, and then Angie Coates has one that you could take online through positive ed. And they are both like the very the very basic um, how to bathe a dog. And then there's skin and coat classes. Okay, And there's a couple of people who teach skin and coat. You have Chris Pearson. You have Michelle Knowles. You have Dr. Cliff Faber. And there's there's um, so there's three places that you could learn skin and coat. And some are more introductory and others are more more intense. But the education is there. So you have three different places that you could take some significant skin and coat classes from.
0: And what would you say, I, I know we could go a hundred different ways with this, but obviously knowing what you know right now about how important it is to, let's call it know the science behind different skin to different coat types, that sort of stuff. What would you say is kind of like the main... uh the main idea is that a new bather would have to know about understanding varying skins and coats.
1: Okay, because what you want to do is you want to help the pet. Okay, and it's not even like shampoos and conditioners. There's like therapies that you can do. For Yeah, we can go down a rabbit hole right now. Um, so I would say get, and it's not just shampoo and conditioners. It's drying techniques. How do you okay. dry the pet?
0: Oh, my gosh. OK, so there, it's not only what do you use to wash the pet, to, to bathe the pet, but it's how do you dry the pet? How do you, yes. you know, massage its skin, etc.
1: You know, when I first started, all right, so the rule of thumb was if, if the dog is even matted, you just, you know, you shave the dog first, and then you bathe the dog. OK, and they don't teach that anymore. Unless the dog is like a cast mat, you're going to bathe the dog first then work on the coat. And why is that? Because you may be able to save more coat than you think. They wouldn't be able to
0: save if you groomed first and then did.
1: Exactly. Because of the new the different shampoo and conditioner combinations out there, the techniques on how to use them. um, And using that in combination with a high velocity dryer, you could save more coat than you thought possible 20 years ago.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. That's crazy. And so you talk about obviously all these advancements within bathing. Has have there been any advancements outside of the shampooing and the conditioning outside oh, of the materials t- that you use? Oh, the um,
1: tools. Holy the tool. cow, the tools are amazing.
0: And and talk about some of those tools that you would now use for bathing.
1: Okay, they've got they got all different types of brushes, you know, some specific coats. Um, they've got hundreds of different combs. When I retired four years ago, I probably had about 20 different combs and 30 different brushes.
0: Just for bathing?
1: No, don't. For for everything.
0: Oh, okay. For everything.
1: But, you know, this comb for this coat or for whatever it is I was using it for. (coughs) Uh, Clippers have improved dramatically. Um, Blades. I mean, there are scissors. Um, who heard of ergonomic scissors twenty years ago?
0: I was gonna say. I mean, and it it can all seem so intimidating now. I mean, even at the most recent Groom Expo, everywhere you look, there's not only a different type of tool, but there's a new name for something you've probably never heard of. I mean, how do you how do you recommend, obviously, weeding through all of that noise to really decide not only what is best for you to use at your stage of grooming, but what is worth you know really diving into as a as a new or beginning groomer.
1: All right. So as a newer beginning, I would, I would dive into skin and coat.
0: Okay. And why is that?
1: Because I think when you need to understand um, the mechanics of the skin, because that's what we do. We, we, we do something with the skin, but not just that behavior and handling. There are so many behavior and handling classes that are out there. Um, Chrissy Neumeyer Smith has a phenomenal with one with the whole pet academy. Um, and newer groomers are coming in with all sorts of behavior and handling and not just dogs with cats. So you need to know, I've always said it, anytime I've ever been bit, whether it's been by a dog or it's been by a cat, they warned me they were going to do it. I was not paying attention. Okay. So understanding phys- physiology and anatomy. I mean, you have to know how animals move because they don't move like people do. Okay? Got it. You know, and then there's, you know, the, the older pets too, being able to to work. Oh my God, this is just so much you need to know. And so it's not just grooming skills. Okay. We should all know how to groom to breed standard, whether or not we actually have to ever really do it. We should still have that skill because that is what we do. And then there's the flip side of grooming, which is we're running a business. Right. Now, we can go to trade shows and take all the skilled classes we want, but uh, I'm going to, you know, have ask yourselves, how many of you are taking business classes? Because, you know, business classes can be a little dry sometimes.
0: And how did you yourself cross that chasm that between from groomer to let's call it business owner or to, to really start learning and caring about the actual business skills that you would need to learn as well? Because I'm sure the grooming That's- skills can be very fun, as you said. And the business skills can be not so fun. So talk a little bit about crossing that chasm to actually understand that stuff.
1: So it had never been my intention to leave Petco. I mean, why would I? You know, Um, I came home at the end of the day. My day was over. Okay. But there was a trade show was coming up. And again, it was another groom expo. And I was going with some friends from Petco. And the only thing we had asked was don't make us take our vacation time. Okay, don't make us waste that 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 week we got. All right. No, we had to take our vacation time to go to the trade show, which was going to make us better groomers for them. Okay. And even that that was fine. I paid for the hotel, paid for the classes. And I remember paying extra for the pet first aid class. So after the class was over, the guy that was teaching the class noticed that my um, badge said Petco on it. And he goes to me goes, oh, I was just at Petco in San, was it San Jose, wherever, wherever they're, San Diego, wherever they're, the headquarters. And I just taught this class to all the mucky mucks at Petco. All right. Petco had a booth there. All the people that were at the booth, they were paid. They got the hotel. They got the classes. But me, the person on the ground, who paid extra for that pet first aid class, okay? Um, I was so mad, so mad. I went right to the show floor and this is when mobile grooming was just starting and I put a deposit down on a mobile grooming bed.
0: Oh my gosh. What an origin story, Mary. You You gotta tell that more often. That is crazy.
1: So, you know what, but you know what? I had never owned a business before, so I got a score advisor and, um, took classes that were being held through my local chamber of commerce before i got started so that helped a lot Uh, one of the things i had noticed early on that there was there was always a lot of grooming classes but there was hardly any busy business classes and i remember begging um, todd to let me do a business class all right and he gives me sunday like last class which as (laughs) I think there was like seven people in that class. Oh, no. Um, but all seven were highly motivated to learn more about business. Sure. Business classes are now a staple at the grooming shows. They are there. Okay. Um, so I would tell people, take those business classes.
0: And are you still teaching some of those at the church? I'm
1: still teaching business. Yeah, I'm still. So, that's so- all I'm doing right now is teaching.
0: Well, so let's dive into that a little bit. Obviously, you've crossed over from Bather, you know, we've gone to groomer and now um, educator, right? Talk to us all about about some of those business classes that maybe you teach or maybe just in general. I mean, obviously you have great insight on this business this business for groomers, right? What are what are some main things you can tell us that groomers maybe get wrong about business or that I they really they really need to understand a little bit better?
1: That they don't understand what it takes to actually run their business financially. So if they don't know what it takes to run their business financially, they're not pricing properly.
0: Okay. So you think most groomers nowadays are not pricing properly?
1: It's, they're better. They're way better than they were. Okay. Um, But that first class that I taught at, at at, God, was it groomer? I think it was groom expo (laughs) was that it was a a class on, on business plans, putting together a business plan. I mean that's the very very basic thing that every business owner should have, so they understand money coming out, money coming in, and also not just uh, pricing to meet the expenses of the business, but pricing to pay you a livable right. way.
0: Oh, of course, of course. So how do you how do you recommend that? You know, let's say I was a new groomer, I'm taking your course, and you told me. Hey Alex your pricing is probably wrong like you're you're not paying yourself enough um and you know you're not you're not keeping track of your business how would you recommend that I like I fix that what would be my first
1: step there I my first step is I would send you off to a coach not me
0: okay
1: someone who specializes in that
0: okay right. and where and, do you find those at
1: Oh you can ask me for recommendations
0: Well give them we're on the podcast okay.
1: now Okay so for for finances I'm going to say Riverlee if you're looking to start up a business, that would be Amanda Leighton. Um, if you have employees or you're looking to expand, that's Denise Haro. Uh Jess Rona is probably the best mindset coach I have come across. Uh, and I'm sure there are others. Okay. But those are the three I've.
0: Oh, that's a great start. For,
1: I, that I've worked personally with.
0: Okay. Now that makes sense, and obviously you mentioned some some good tach- tactical things that someone would need if they're starting a business, like a business plan and you mm-hmm. know a coach. What are some other things that you'd recommend that someone out there, if they're if they're in your shoes and say they're working at Petco and they're looking to go start their business, what else can we add to their checklist here of things? To I would
1: tell them to go to the SBA.gov website. It's a free website. It is um sometimes the government gets it right and they do a great website and the sba.gov is one of them um there is a ton of free information up there free okay okay your tax dollars paid for it okay i would i don't know if it's
0: too free but
1: whatever but you know what you have access to right right use it um score get yourself a score advisor Um, I believe the website is SCORE.org. They are retired um, um, heads of businesses. So they volunteer. Again, it's a free service. So there's lots of things you could do for free.
0: That's great. That's phenomenal. Because I'm sure, I mean, you would know, you know, there's got to be tons of groomers out there that – are maybe a little bit frightened of all the business aspects that come along with running yeah, their own it is. business.
1: It's very scary to do it, especially when now you started a business and you know there's a problem and you don't know where to go fix it.
0: And do you think the, you know, the common, the common town square to find answers to those problems is still these trade shows? Or do you think that? Those know- are
1: a good place to start. Okay. So if you can get yourself to a trade show, All right. A part of your pricing should include your education fund so that you can go once a year because you've now accommodated and counted for um, the time off and what it costs to actually go to it in your pricing. Okay, go to the trade shows, take the business classes, take the skill classes, look at the vendors, see all the new equipment that is out there. Talk to your fellow groomers. There are some people that you meet and you just I for example, I was at the New England show and there was a groomer there and I noticed she was paying with a union savings debit card. Union Savings is a small bank in Connecticut at that time there was like four branches. So she and they were all in the same area. So I was pretty sure she was a groomer in my area and I'm like, Danbury, Connecticut. And she goes, Brookfield, Connecticut.
0: That's too funny. That's too funny. So go out to the shows because you might need someone in your neighborhood that could be a good resource or even just a good friend, especially in the yep. industry.
1: So networking with people because, you know what, we can't groom all the thi- all the animals. Right. So we might as well groom the ones that we like to do. But yeah, I was When I was mobile, there was a groomer and she called herself the Wheaton Terrier Whisperer. She loved Wheaton Terriers, loved them. I sent all my Wheaton Terriers to her. I didn't want to do them.
0: So if you find people in your network that might, you know, be breed specific or, yes. you know, what have it. Yeah. Then you guys all help each other.
1: You know, and as a mobile groomer, I was no longer doing anything that was like, like breed or show cuts. Sure. Uh, and I would send them over to shop, area shops. They would send me their seniors because they didn't want to do the seniors anymore.
0: Yeah, that makes sense so
1: having a good strong network in your area
0: that makes sense i want to i want to ask you about something in particular too um you know i I keep hearing about the struggles that that new business owners face new grooming business owners face when setting their price list Um, so i wanted to hear any advice that you might have as people start Uh, to navigate that
1: okay so first thing is stop asking on facebook what to charge <laughs> uh, that's 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 number one number two you need to know what it takes to run your business
0: okay so you're 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 suggesting a let's call it a cost-based approach where you're looking at all the costs that it that it has to run your business and charging based on that
1: yeah plus your salary and all the other various funds there's a great book it's called profit first
0: i love that book i've read it myself yeah.
1: So that's a book I recommend. Read that book, all right? Because you are an expense of your business. If you're not making a livable wage, you're going to start burning out. You're going to go out of business.
0: Okay. It seems like that's a common trend as a suggestion from you, Mary, is to make sure that you are paying yourself a living wage so that you can remain happy and remain mentally in it. Yes. Interesting. I think that's maybe something that gets forgotten in uh most business nowadays
1: yeah i think so too
0: makes sense you uh you recently had an article that came out that i read about um treating your grooming business as a business versus a hobby Um, yes i wanted you to i thought it was great and obviously i can't reread it here on this podcast but i wanted you to kind of give a summary of that and you know maybe some of the main takeaways there because i thought it was an excellent comparison between the two and how often people fall into the hobby trap
1: yeah all right so i have i have two two hobbies one is a very very expensive hobby and so we're not even going to count that one okay but let's count the hobby that um theoretically i can make a couple of bucks on Okay. okay so as far as the irs is concerned this is how they're going to differentiate between a business and a hobby okay and a business you are literally you're running it as a business Right. So you're going to have an accountant. You're going to have you're going to run it with the eye to making a profit. Okay. Okay. Um, So that means whatever it is you have to do to make a profit, they're going to expect you to do it. They don't expect. Necessarily to make a profit the first the first year or so or whatever, because there's things that can happen. There's a, a startup that you have to pay back money that you co- that you loaned, that, that you borrowed to start up. There can, things can be happening. You know, COVID threw a monkey wrench for a lot of people. They don't count those scenarios. Okay? Right, right. So it's, you're starting a business with an eye towards a profit. So you're watching where you're buying your supplies, um, that sort of thing. Now, my hobby, I don't care what it costs. Okay. I it's enjoy. For it. fun. It's for fun. All right. So my hobby is I would I make crystal lanyards that you put for the trade show. Okay. Okay. It's fun, it's relaxing. And I am not price comparing anything on it. Right, it's profit
0: it, last.
1: It's profit last. <laughs> okay. So if I'm going into Michael's and I got, ooh, those beads are really, really cute. They're not on sale, but I'm gonna buy them anyway. Okay. All right. All right. So um, while a business can be fun, okay, you still, that's not the main criteria. Okay. Um, a business can, will fund a hobby. Hobby does not fund a business.
0: I love that. That's a, that's a great you know, catch-all for which one is which here. Is a business can fund a hobby, but a hobby cannot fund a business. One is fun first, profit second. The other one is profit first. Maybe fun, not even second. Maybe it's a little bit less than second. Maybe it's fourth. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's fourth. Right. Exactly. Okay. That's really cool. And I think practically what it's important for most of the groomers out there is if you know which one's which up front, it really sets you up for, you know, how do you reach your goals? If you know, it's just a hobby at the end of the day, you know, that your number one goal for making money has to come from somewhere else. If you know it's a business at the end of the day, you can relate kind of back to what you and I've been talking about where profit has to be first no matter what. And that's kind of how if you are treating grooming as a business, that's how you have to be approaching each decision that maybe comes into the materials that you buy, how you set your price list, how you pay yourself, etc.
1: You know, I don't time myself on how long it takes to make one, you know, I'll just sit down, pull out the beads and, you know, Oh, you know what? I changed my mind on this color. So there's no no that I'm watching my hourly rate on it.
0: Right. Sure. Versus when and when it's a business, you are because you know what you're paying for that resource, whether it's time, labor, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. And maybe I'm listening to an audio book while I'm doing it too. Right. It'll take me right. longer. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> right. No, definitely. Definitely. That makes sense. So, I mean, on that note, I would imagine of all topics within the business for groomers world, Mary, taxes has to be the most confusing, frustrating, hairball worthy one. I know we could go, you know, 50 layers deep on this, but let's keep it high level. I mean, for someone out there that's brand new to running their own business as a groomer, what would you recommend um, as a resource for this first year of taxes?
1: Get a CPA who specializes in small business. That is my recommendation.
0: And is that is that what you did when you had your mobile oh, yeah. streaming show? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: All right. And this, and this is why, okay? If I do my taxes, it's going to take me a long time to do it. Think of the hours I'm going to spend in it. And I might miss a couple of things, sure. okay? So if it's going to take me, I don't know, 10 hours to do my taxes, that 10 hours I could be spending doing something else. And it's probably going to take me, I mean, things that will make me money. Okay. Right. Right. Not sitting at the desk, staring at the computer, looking at my books, thinking, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And if I don't want to do it, it's going to take me longer to do it. Number one. Okay. As opposed to, to a CPA who specializes in small business. This is what he does for a living. This is what his continuing education is for. Okay. Now, if, if, my my CPA has, I don't know, let's just say he has a little mini poodle. Small one. How long do you think it's going to take him to groom that dog compared to how <laughs> it was going to take me to groom the dog?
0: I mean, it's going to take him as long to groom that little guy that it would groom. Yeah, that, that you could groom maybe
1: three big guys. All right. And um, mine is going to look better than his? Right. Okay. Right.
0: Because you know um, what you're doing. That's your continuing education. That's
1: my continuing education. And that's, that's what great. I And I've always said it, if I had to do my own taxes, I probably would be teaching from a federal penitentiary because I'd be in there for tax evasion. I don't want want to do it. Very Mary,
0: that's a a great framework, though, because I do feel like, you know, in any small business, business owners are looking for ways to cut corners and cut costs, right? And taxes, I mean, I, I would bet most groomers would admit they know nothing about them but they see the cost that a CPA or hiring someone from the outside comes with, and they say, oh no, I'll just figure out a way to do that myself. But I think your framework here is really important because it's like at the end of the day, you are a professional groomer. Your time and your money is best spent on professional grooming. It is actually smarter for you as a business owner to hire someone from the outside, burden that cost that they may have, because it'll not only be top quality, but you can save the time that you would spend navigating the world of taxes and put it towards something that actually makes you money, like grooming.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And he'll figure out my, my estimated quarterly taxes for the year. And he'll give me the little coupons for it. <laughs> okay. So all I have to do is write the check. And I do recommend having a separate tax account.
0: Okay. so it's good to know.
1: So right away, that tax money goes into that account. So it's out of your regular checking account. So when it comes time to write the check, the money's there. You just write a check off of that account instead. Um, But And before I write the final check for the year, I'll just send him a quick email. Hey, this is what I've made so far. This is my expenses so far. So just a general idea. Am I still on track? For this, and then he either will say yes, you are, or no, you need to add some to the last payment.
0: Got it. No, that's good. That's great to know of your quarterly tax payments. Oh, but so it sounds like payment. it sounds like the key plans here are to find an outside CPA that specializes in small business mm-hmm. and build a relationship with them, where you can email them to make sure you're on track to take care of what you need to take care of. Yeah, that sounds great. um You know, wrapping up here, Mary, you've left us with so much good wisdom here uh, tell me, do you have any final recommendations? Uh, let's stick on theme here for maybe new groomers looking to start their, their grooming business.
1: Okay. All right. The basics is really, I'm going to tell me get as much education as you can go to at least one trade show. Um, there's online options are phenomenal. Okay. Um, in fact, I'm not sure where this is airing, but, We, Positive Educational Training, does monthly online summits. The fall is a fall business summit, and I do business summits twice a year, okay? Um, And in February of next year, we're going to do a marketing and branding summit. So get as much education. It's easy today. It's so much easier today to get education at your fingertips,
0: yeah, 100% and people should take advantage of that. I mean, if you can't afford or you don't have the time to head out to a trade show, there are just as many opportunities to find these educational sessions online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell us here, Mary, if someone was interested in attending one of those summits or even just getting a hold of you, what is the best route to, uh, to either?
1: Okay, um, easily found on Facebook. Okay. Perfect. And I've always said it, as long as you're not a Nigerian prince, I'm going to accept your friend request. <laughs> okay, that's um, good filter. Yeah, that's, that's that's the only filter I have. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, send me find me on find me on on Facebook. I also have a group, my own group, Pet Groomer Town Hall on Facebook. Um, those are probably the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. Perfect. I mean, you could text me. All right. Um, that is 203-994-5308. Don't call me. Send me a text. Okay? Um, well, don't be I'm,
0: bugging Mary.
1: No, no. Text me. <laughs> the phone. Okay? Perfect. I'm very slow to respond to emails. A lot of times emails end up in spam or they get mass deleted by accident when I go through the delete, 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 delete. delete makes sense makes sense
0: and and last question of the day here uh what is your favorite or what was your favorite dog to groom and why
1: okay all right golden retrievers why i just love golden retrievers because a they're such mushes
0: yeah they, they love it yeah they love you they love everything that's going on
1: yeah so yeah i would have to say a golden retriever
0: Okay, lovely, lovely. Well, Mary, I really appreciate you joining us here. we will definitely have to have you back to maybe dive a little bit deeper into some of these business sessions, especially as the the fall business summit approaches. Um, Again, we are so appreciative. You have so many years of wisdom here in this space, and uh, we'll do what we can to uh, get you back on to keep sharing it.
1: All right. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Mary. Talk soon.